Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about robots, sleep patterns and the best of 2021 so far. Dear, so what's your favourite album to listen all the way through? Um, I think musical albums are always good to listen all the way through because you get the story. But um, I don't know if I've talked talk to you about AJR. I love AJR. But they did an album called Neo Theatre. And if you start at the beginning of Neo Theatre and listen all the way through, uh, the songs actually, even though listening to them distinctly, it doesn't seem like it. But if you listen to them, it actually follows the structure of like a life. So the first song is um, about a baby being born and coming into this world and being full of optimism when actually the world isn't full of really positive things i think you've heard that song i think i birthday party and then it goes through a bit of oh um i don't i'm not really good at making friends and then oh i play my music here and oh my life's not totally great oh i'm in therapy oh and it just goes on to this bit and it's just so it's a journey is what you're saying yeah it's, it's a, a life journey. journey and i just really i really like it because i listen to what's it like Oh, a song called is it? Is it dead? Uh, no, uh, it's about um, the last song is I can't remember what it's called now for the life of me. But the last song is about um, how people always expect more of you than you've already given, and okay. so it's sort of about I've given you all this great thing, I've given you this life I've lived, but you want more from me. Okay. And it's <laughs> so it's a song about expectation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, as interesting. Okay, so AJR um, Neo Theatre is Charlotte's recommendation. I've got a few. I mean, the one that I'm really enjoying at the minute, it hasn't got that story narrative running through, but it's Maverick Saber, Lonely, Lonely Are the Brave. Um, Plan B has a couple of albums where um, there's a, and, and you've got to sort of like, like, sort of, um, Strip and Banks, which is one of his albums, is a bit more of a soul album, but with a bit of sort of uh, rap involved. Um, and then Ill Manners is all based around East London and parts of uh, East London I know really well, and has got a story around it. And so much so that he made a film based on the, it's, you wouldn't call it a musical because it's quite heavy, but a film based around Musicals the, can be heavy, they just have music in them. Name a heavy musical. Heavy, like emotionally heavy. Yeah. Hamilton's pretty heavy. Hamilton's quite heavy, not as not as dark as, as Ill Manners. Uh, um, Heather's pretty heavy, they based it on the film, I don't know if you've seen that film. Yeah, it's got a Heather's in them, hasn't it? Yeah. Has it got a woman called Heather in? There's three of them, yeah. Three Heathers. Three Heathers. That's why it's called Heathers. <laughs> okay. Um, it's the, it was an old film. Um, I wouldn't say old, old, because it was around when you were mum around. Um, it's not old, old. See, I told you. Anyway. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> can we just go back to that? It's it's old, old, because it... No, I said it's not old, old, because it was around when you and mum were growing up. Right. Yeah. How old, old is it? I don't know. It's, it's like to the point where it was still fuzzy on screen. Still <laughs> fuzzy around the edge. <laughs> Sorry, Russ. I need to. I need to consult producer Russ on this one. <laughs> when we were growing up as kids, apart from that time you put the magnet on the telly, <laughs> what um, was the uh, was our TV fuzzy? Will you? 
Uh, I've already told him that story. Was it? Was the? I, uh, I just meant it, the camera quality wasn't as good. Was the camera quality as good? Back, yeah, back in the eighties, the camera quality wasn't as good. No. Yeah. See. Yeah. It was. There was a slight buzz. Yeah, it just yeah. kind of blurred around the edges of every colour. I've got a feeling we had actors in the 80s. That now is retro and they call it glitching. Exactly, so, exactly. So it's come back into fashion. Yeah, it's come back into it? fashion. Oh, it's still a good movie like, and I like the musical. Well, you know just... what? i tell you what. I've, I've got to say, a game that we've spoken about on the podcast that you've recommended to me has just come out on the PS4. A, a game called Undertale. <laughs> which I'm really enjoying at the minute, but that is 8-bit gaming at its best, and it's probably one of the most popular games in the and last couple of years. And it was two people. Well, yeah. but, I think. But you look, you, look at, you look at the best-selling game of the last 10 years. Mario Brothers. Sorry, it's been at the top of the charts for years, hasn't it? How about Minecraft? Oh, true. Best-selling game of all time. Yeah, Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Mario Brothers. The franchise. Oh, right, maybe, maybe. I'll tell you what other gaming platform makes a lot of money, Roblox. Roblox, yes. Yeah. Roblox? Roblox, I call it. What's Roblox? Roblox is what I call it. It's the way it's spelled. R-O-B-L-O-X, Roblox. Hold on, hold on, hold on. R-O-B, just say that word for me. Rob. L O X. Lex. L O X. Lex. Just spell this word for me. L E X. Lex. Okay, let's try the other one. L O X. Lux. Just on the subject of gaming, on your birthday, yeah. the game that I brought last year before your birthday comes out, because it was delayed due to COVID, looks fantastic. It's the new civilization, humankind. Oh, cool. Sega. Oh, cool. Looks I'm on PC. I might have a look at that. Cool. All right. Sounds, sounds good. But I have got a PS5 now, Russ. So I am going to be looking at some, I'm going to be looking at a few PS5 games potentially. Right. Anyway, let's talk albums, right? Yes. The other the other albums that I think like need to be in consideration. And again, listeners, we want to hear from you about what your favorite albums that is all the way through to are. But the other albums are the classics. You know, um the a lot of the Beatles albums, you could li- I could listen all the way through, all day long. Um, uh, Abbey Road, mm. you know, do you know what I mean? That that is a the White Album. Like all of the Beatles stuff, I could listen through. All day I'd, long. I'd say not as a classic, but as something we listen to a lot. I'd say In the Heights, but we don't really listen to the soundtrack for that uh, all the way through. We listen to like just. Breathe and in the heights, the first song and Benny on the dispatch a lot. Yeah, yeah. and then nothing else we really listen in, to. In the heights, if you haven't seen in the heights uh, at the uh, cinema, listeners, definitely worth a watch. Uh, proper feel good musical. Um, Lin Manuel Miranda is back. I've, I've also heard Lin Manuel Miranda is doing some more stuff for Disney. Yeah, um, so, so that would be good. Yeah, he's doing some more stuff. I am joined by a girl who's a little bit snotty. It's Charlotte Dames. 
no. No, that feeling when you've got a bit of a cold and all you think is, oh, no, I think that's where you are. My it? worst day was yesterday. And like everything was blocked. And, like, <laughs> I went to sleep. Yeah, but now you're feeling a little bit better. And I did sleep for about I slept for two hours, and then I slept for four hours, six hours. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a little bit better. I can breathe properly now. Good. Well, that's always good. If you can breathe, you're uh, you're on the right track. Um, and who are you two joined by? Christ, I, I, you know what? That started off quite with quite high energy. Apart from Charlotte, she was like, oh, "I slept for two hours." I slept for six hours. I slept for two hours and then four hours. Anyway. I slept for two hours and then I woke up because my nose was running. <laughs> and who are you joined by, Charlotte? I'm joined by a man who seems to have two drinks this morning instead of one. It's Chris Day. I am. I am on the. It's a Sunday morning when we're recording this, so I'm on the OJ, um, and I'm on the coffee. And we're joined by a super special guest, a man who seems to be wearing his dad's clothes. It's um, <laughs> it's Russell Dames. How you doing, Russ? I'm fine, thank you. Little early this morning, but it is a bit early. But we could. Only, that's the only time we're all available, isn't it? Hey. So what? Um, <laughs> let's talk a bit of sleep, okay? I typically get oh, probably oh, probably about seven hours a night. How about you, Russ? I'm probably on four to six. Four to six. Oh, yeah, yeah, roughly. Does that? Do, do you get a, a nap? In during the day? No, not now. Now I'm now I'm working. I don't, but I I used to. See, I, there's different perspectives on sleep because I think it was I don't know. I think it was like a big political leader like Thatcher or something like that who actually survived on like four to five hours of sleep a night. I don't know whether I could do that. I need a proper night's sleep. I, I think it depends because I've just got used to that pattern now. Yeah, yeah. When, when I first started working, I would, by three o'clock, I would add like a light. But now I've got used to that pattern, that cycle of I'll work and then sort of have a couple of hours telly, then sleep. Yeah. How about you, Charlotte? Have you always like uh, normal, normal? I mean, having a two hours sleep and then a four hours sleep is probably no, not the way to go. It? Somewhere between four to six uninterrupted. Um, uh, but like I have a hard time getting to sleep yeah. and I wake up early yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm waking up at 5am and because of how I struggle to sleep I'm falling asleep about midnight yeah. like I'll so wait in bed five for hours. four hours yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't sleep yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean I, I, you know what I find that um, if I have a really good exercise the night before I, I can I can sleep so so yeah, um, but I I mean I'm saying I need seven hours sleep a night. I could have seven hours sleep a night and a power nap, um, and I um, and a two hours sleep on top. I mean I love a bit of sleep, mate. Yeah, it's really good. Welcome, my friends, to another edition of the Kindness Project. I'm joined by a girl who last week told me she's changed her name to Chicken Nuggets. It's Chicken Nuggets. 
and I'm joined by a man who's decided we're doing an impromptu bulk recording in the middle of my bagel. But <laughs> well, well, I'm surprised you're not eating a chicken nugget, chicken nugget, as your name's now, chicken nugget. <laughs> Do you want to chew that anymore? <laughs> chicken nuggets aren't actually my favourite thing from McDonald's. What What is your favourite thing from McDonald's? I don't know, but it's not chicken nuggets. I, you know what? I, I, genuinely, I've gone off McDonald's in a big way. I haven't had a McDonald's. I, I mean, I, I haven't had a McDonald's uh, any time in 2020. Um, probably, uh, probably had one McDonald's in 2019. So I used to love a McDonald's, um, but I just, I just don't, um, I just don't eat a lot of junk food anymore. Um, I'm obsessed with spinach and eggs and all that sort, all, all that sort of healthy stuff. You know, you know what my um, guilty pleasure is though, junk food wise. Greg's, love a Greg's, absolutely adore a Greg's. Give me a steak bake. Give me a Greg sausage roll. Give me. <laughs> Why are you not running to Greg's right now? I'm saying, give me Greg's. Give me. I'm sorry, I have my my own stuff to do today. Oh, what? You can't run to Greg's and get me a bread pudding? No, I, I have my psychology homework to do today. Oh, OK. All right, you do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if, uh, if if anybody's out there who fancies running to Greg's for me today, I mean, you won't listen to this until about three weeks later, but a Greg's <laughs> bread pudding is always welcome, isn't it? What's your favourite thing out of Greg's? Um, they do a nice hot chocolate. Yeah, yeah, not bad. You're not. You know, are you a big junk food aficionado? You're not. No, are you really? I don't. See, the thing is, I, I, just, I don't mind junk food. But the issue I have with Greg's is I don't like pastries that much. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, yeah. Well, what am I going to get from Greg's other than pastries and warm drinks? But I don't really like pastries that much because they're crummy and they get down in your shirt. <laughs> is that is that what you're worried about? And your it fingers get, get your dry shirt. and your mouth gets dry and it's just uh, not my thing. Would you would you ban pastry? Is that what you do? No, because some pastry is nice. Okay. Um, like uh, you know what's made out of pastry that I like? Pastry. Baklava. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a bit mer about baklava. It's really sicklingly sweet. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it's really nice. Yeah, you know what I like? Rum barber. Have you ever had a rum barber? No. It's like a donut just drizzled with honey um, oh, with sounds, cream and stuff like, like that. Sounds like my worst nightmare. And that cheesecake. Would you eat cheesecake? Oh, I love cheesecake. Yeah. I love cheesecake Okay, so we can much. agree on cheesecake then. Oh, I love cheesecake so much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, are you are you dribbling right now? If it were possible, I'd live off cheesecake, but it's not possible. So. Not nutritionally, really. I don't think there's that much nutritionally in cheesecake that would uh, sustain you for too long. Worth giving it a go, though, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'd, I'd definitely give it a tempt. Can you snooze? So the first story we've got um, from WW, the amazing website, www positive.news is about a bicycle library that's opened up in a shop in London. Residents can borrow bikes for free and take part in rider guides to build confidence. You mean guided an, rides? Uh, what did I say? I rided said, guides. I said rider guides. You know, anyway, shows show that I'm not coherent. Guided rides to build confidence. Coherent. A popular bicycle library in Tower Hamlets uh, aims to address uh, helping people jump in the saddle who lack the con- confidence, knowledge, and equipment to get riding. It launched in popular this week 
transforming an empty shop into a bicycle hub where children and adults living locally can borrow bikes for free. Chris Street Community Cycles. I don't know Chris Street, the market there. Chris. Um, it, it looks like Chris, but I think everybody from there just says Chris. It's called Chris. Chris, Chris. Free market. Chris. Also, the P is silent. It's a silent P. Um, <laughs> also provides free cycle advice, free bike repairs, and guided rides to, to help people, people build their right, confidence. The month-long pilot is a partnership between the environmental, environmental charity. That is such a good name, I'm going to let you say it. Hubbub. <laughs> environmental charity Hubbub. Poplar Parker Housing Association and the walking and cycling charity Suns Trans. So amazing work, Sustrans, uh, and the amazing work Hubbub Parker Housing Association and Sustrans for uh, helping people in Poplar get around on their bikes. Um, uh, from the BBC, uh, Coventry disabled girl's favourite toy replaced by strangers. A disabled teenager has been sent replacements of her favourite toy from strangers around the world after hers began to break. Josie Will posted a message on Twitter asking for help finding a specific model of the toy, which her Rosie had loved since her second birthday. They're no longer made, and we're running out of ones that were interested in the post. Miss Will described the response is both heartwarming and overwhelming. Her sister Rosie has profound and multiple learning disabilities and would be really excited to see the new toys. A VTech light up learning bug, VTech. You had you had a bunch of them when you were a kid, didn't you? I think so. Uh, and stopped being sold by a company nearly a decade ago. Uh, Rosie's current working ladybug broke yesterday. So in the effort to fix one of uh, our broken 15, we thought we'd give social media a go. We never expected the response to be so huge, said Rose's sister. It's really heartwarming that so many people are so determined to help, even though they know nothing about Rosie, and out of the goodness of their heart, they just want to help. She said 15 replacements had so far been promised, but people were still coming forward. So I'm presuming it's going to be closer to 30 we're going to receive. People had offered, also offered to fix the broken toys after they began to break after so much usage. Uh, Lorraine Will, the girl's mother, said, Josie and her sister have the strongest bond, and Josie will do anything to make sure that Rosie is the happiest girl ever. I couldn't be more proud of her. But i tell you what else that shows to me and, and illustrates yet again. Um, uh, most people are good, aren't they? Most people will help if they can. Um, so great, great work. The I mean, we said we we said before before we started. You know, the reason we do this is to highlight some of those stories of people yeah. doing amazing work. Um, and COVID actually is as even though it's been um, devastating for a lot of people, and I like we can see it, and probably probably you as well, Serena. We're really grateful that actually our impact has been minimal. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's also shown how kind people can be, yeah. you know, and actually giving people the opportunity to be kind because I volunteered for the NHS. I actually didn't get called up, but I volunteered for the NHS uh, support scheme um did, did all that sort of stuff and it just gave people the opportunity to say you know what I, i'm lucky in this and i need to give back a bit i think that's important yeah. and I, I think as well a lot of people already were they just yeah it was so hidden yeah. that people didn't realize yeah. and 
what I've tended to find around, certainly around my village is give people the opportunity to help by asking for something and they will do anything they can because a lot of the time they didn't know how to. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. the hearts were always there. I mean, an example is seriously the other day I was standing outside in the throwing down rain, sorting out four pallets of, of donations. Right. And this lady, total stranger, just stopped a car watching me in why didn't I put on waterproof mascara for a start? With my mask, you know, like literally a, a drowning panda. So we're looking, we, we, we're going like kiss tribute acts, are oh, we? Like, except so. not as glam and nor, <laughs> nor as skinny. And uh, this total stranger stopped the car and she's like, can I come and help you? Amazing, like, yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> and that's what that's you get saying. It's it's so it's so lovely. Love it. Um, Absolutely love it. Yeah. Uh, You've got a question. We're on number six. Question number six. Have we not done number six? Like no. in general? Okay. You took a breath there. I was no, you're not gonna say anything. Anyway, uh what other challenges do you face? I mean, other than yeah, so we've talked about COVID. Usual what, COVID what, are the, what are the challenges the you doing the work you do? What what do you face that you like sort of that, that you struggle with? We struggle with finding volunteers who can distribute. Okay. Um, so volunteers who can lift the boxes and all of that. That's that's a logistical issue, and that will always be a logistical issue. Okay. Uh, if we get offered a big donation, we struggle where to put it because you know uh, lorry drivers often have no set time in the day they get given an hour and you're in it so you haven't got any time slots to work to so thankfully my clients are amazing and they are so used to meetings and me going oh god a lorry's arrived you know running out the drive you know they're very understanding and i'm very grateful and now uh, I've, got just got I've just got it with you coming back to a zoom meeting just with your mascara oh, yeah. <laughs> my dignity's gone fortunately i was always quite scruffy so i think they're used to it so it's not so systematic <laughs> a change but this has got worse um so it's i think the volunteer thing is always going to be a big deal because the bigger we get as a charity the more volunteers we get and also just keeping donations coming yeah. uh, because there is just not not enough ever across the country yeah um i mean one, one week we had 26 pallets of toilet cleaner came in and it went out again you know that's yeah crazy levels isn't it the, you know what the like the question in my head is what happened before this charity existed do you know what i mean it, you, you're filling it you're filling a need there yeah. um that that, that you know you, you as an organization didn't exist two years ago just people went without didn't they other like, so. things take for granted was just like yeah, so thank you for the work you do. We appreciate it. Show that. Okay, next one. If you had a magic wand, what one thing would you change to help the new support? I think that's probably an easy one, isn't it? So it would be that everyone had access to essential hygiene products. Yeah. We're not we're not asking for the world there. We're not asking for Dior lipsticks or anything else. We're asking for the basics. For the basics yeah, yeah. that people can be clean and my personal one, I think, on that. So that would be what we would want as a charity. And I think my personal one, having heard some of the stories, certainly around here, would be that everyone had accommodation that was suitable so that it could be clean and safe for them as well. Yeah. And, and hygiene 
Sorry, I know you don't usually step in, but I have something to say. Anyway, uh, <laughs> your podcast as well. Yeah. And like hygiene is so important, especially now where it's when there's germs going around everywhere, and hygiene is going to help people not catch COVID, not spread COVID, yeah. not spread other diseases, yeah. not catch other diseases. Yeah. I mean, at, at this time, you could catch one and that could leave you vulnerable to another and it just throws the whole thing off. And hygiene is so much more important in people's heads now. Correct. Yeah. So I, I hope that this opens people's eyes and gets get you guys some more help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to give you an example, I mean, these are two examples I often give because I think that just mind-boggling that in this day and age this is how it is we literally hear of families who are all sharing a bowl of water to wash that is the level we're at in this day and age and the the the, the challenge you've got is that's hidden isn't it like in our day-to-day lives we don't see that yeah because they can't afford the water if they're in rental properties the landlord can adjust the water yeah make it more expensive they can't afford to heat the water yeah. And they end up using, oh, we've often seen this discussed, um, some washing up liquid for everything in the house because it's the cheapest thing they can get hold of. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so one of our schools was telling us a, a while ago that we support the, the kids and this particular family had never had their own toothbrush. Right. They'd never had one. So all day long they were carrying their kids' toothbrushes around because they were uh, so excited. Oh. Uh, you know that's yeah. that's the level you're at so when we hear things in the media and stuff saying well i bet they've all got flat screen tvs uh, i bet they've all got designer trainers no they really no. haven't no so talk to me a little bit about the basketeers choir not only um uh, how did it start and then where are we now okay well we um so i so again when i was a you know, younger, I was I was uh, working at, as a choir leader. I, I found a job with a, a national organisation where I was where I was teaching Monday to Thursday night, and it was brilliant. It was the best the best job. It was like oh, it was it was um, it was just wonderful. Um, you know, I worked with good people, and my my choirs were lovely and local, and they were all local people. That was where I really fell in love with the job. And I was and I was obviously doing my gigging at the weekends and stuff like that. And I did that for a long time. Did that for like nine years, eight or nine years. Um, and then after a while, so as this organisation was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, um, I found myself just slightly just drifting off slowly. Um, and it and so I wanted to do the job. I wanted to do the job, and I wanted to work with the people that I was working with. But it just you know the more the more time went on the more I, I was just sort of, I don't know, I just wanted to, to, to do something else. I wanted to do something similar, but I wanted to do something else. Um, and, I, and I found myself behaving, you know, like, like I was in the classroom, like I was being that naughty schoolboy, you know, like oh, I'm, I'm bored, I need to do, I need to do something. Yeah. So uh, as soon as I started to feel like that. That rebellious attitude can sometimes lead to positive things, can't it? Because you do go, well, yeah. what? What happens if I tinker with this and then yeah so so yeah so so you got a bit bored and then what was next? So yeah so uh, yeah after like nine years of it you know I felt like I needed I needed a bit more I needed to keep, keep growing and keep moving and and I had all these ideas and when the, obviously the bigger you are as an organisation the, the the harder it is to um, I suppose the more you have to 
stick to the rules because the rules apply to everybody right so yeah, okay. so and that's, and that's okay that's what they're there for so um so yeah so basically I, I wanted to i wanted to do the job i just needed to be free to do it on my own so um and how i wanted to do it which was much more like um i don't know i suppose i suppose in informal in a way it was uh you know like just more uh, just all about the music and the community and and the fundraising um, and the guitar, you know, I just managed to bring all these bits of myself to it. Um, so yeah, I, I still wanted to do the job, but I, I just needed to do it in my own way. So I started this new choir and it was called the Busketeers Choir. And it, the idea was that, you know, we would basically learn really cool songs, have loads of fun with it, but then use the songs that we learned put them to good use basically and, and we'll go out in the street and we'll and we'll take the guitar and we'll busk in the high street and the members could um you know choose that you know they could all nominate a charity they wanted to support and then we'd pull a name out of the hat and then whatever we whatever we managed to earn on that day you know out busking we would we would we would donate and we'd be able to do that all day long you know we'd go out and do a half an hour set go for a coffee and come back and do another half hour set and you know because the the choir members they just they just love singing they yeah. just love being able to to do that with you um so they will sing until the cows come home they will not stop <laughs> so um so that was the that was the plan and so i launched it in january 2020 um i ran a few like sessions you know leading up to it because of course it was a bit of a new vibe and you know but it was it was cool because we can use the guitar where did the choir members come from was that existing choirs that said like we're really interested in getting involved or how did that work it was a combination of of two so i had a lot i did have a lot of um people who i've taught over the last nine years um they've obviously become accustomed to my my mannerisms so they um yeah, they wanted to come and get involved, which was really lovely, and and then lots of new lots of new people as well because I I didn't do them in in the same places, so I I because I I um you know we needed a we needed some new some new locations and stuff like that, so um so yeah I, we started up in these new towns, so I was, it's about fifty fifty really, about about half of the choir I've talked before and half of them were were brand new, which is, yeah. which was really good because of course. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was really, it was just again, just trying to, trying to and, create something and, new. And, and people singing in choirs is about community, isn't it? It's about people coming together and just doing something joyful and 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 just enhancing their life, right? It's exactly that, and it's really, really important that that is what is what you. I mean, me when I talk, when I remind myself that that's must be the most the most important part of the experience all the time. It's not about me. I'm, I've actually been a bit uncomfortable the last the last week or so because I've I've won. I've I've been the, the choir members have nominated me for for an award which which I've just been declared the winner of. Oh, congratulations! Like yeah, and I, and it, I just it's not this is not what it's for. And then of course you you know you guys wanted to talk to me and and all that and I feel like this. Actually, it's so bizarre because the members want <laughs> the members want me. To, they want me to be recognised, um, which is lovely. And and it, of course, it's nice to have like this pat on the back. But there's been this cloud over me where I'm just like, this isn't this isn't about me. This you is know, literally about about. It's always been know, about them. You know what's interesting? It wouldn't happen without you. But I get where you're coming from. You're the facilitator yeah. of this community, and you yeah, want exactly. to be about the community, exactly. right? Um, exactly. 
but you should be proud of what you built. Um, I am. I, I am very proud. I am so proud. It's really weird. It's just it's it's the big public recognition and the ceremonial stuff. It makes yeah. me just feel like oh, like oh, it's really hard to explain. And I and I am so grateful. And I am so proud. I'm so proud of everything that we've done. I mean, we've we've raised an obscene amount of money. Given that we started in in January 2020, we've we've raised over forty thousand pounds in one yeah. year. Brilliant. It's it's it's. I'm so unbelievable. I'm proud beyond words it's really yeah, weird. Yeah. I think it's a compliment I think it's like I just I, it was never I never wanted it to be about me it was yeah, always yeah. about them I'm working for them I'm I'm trying to every day I I think about them and what they want to do um and I don't I tend not to put myself front and center of anything so um this is new to me this all all this, <laughs> all this I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll get used to it failure and success who's defining that apart from us you know it's the it's the perspective of success being i need to be in you know every day otherwise i'm i'm a failure is an interesting debate to have isn't it because surely happiness well-being and positive mental health i'd argue are probably more important you know you know we yeah none of these things sit in isolation and we all need to look after our families and make sure that we're financially secure and all of that sort of good stuff. Um, but is success the wealthiest bloke in the graveyard or is it somebody who has got the balance a bit more appropriate and actually is a bit more open and honest about their mental health? I don't know. I think it's a perfectly an, an excellent point to raise. I, yeah. I don't know what success is. I mean, I think I've been very... I'm still on that journey. I couldn't sit here honestly and say, oh, well, this is what success looks like to me. I mean, I think I could say that I, uh, I'm i quite desperate at the moment to be happy, whatever yeah. that means, and to probably feel a bit of a lighter burden there. And, you know, I think there'll be moments where achieving that for some significant amount of time involves a lot of hard work. You know, it, yeah. it does involve hard work. There'll be times where it, it means sticking a boundary down and saying, I'm not going to do that because yeah. right now I'm listening to myself and what my body and my mind needs. And it, that's the point about self-awareness is that, that there won't be a catch-all solution for every situation. But if you're yeah. self-aware enough to understand what you need, you know, where you should be pushing and where you should be giving ground for yourself, for other people, that's, um, you know, that's a much, that's a much more effective toolkit than, I suppose, feeling buffeted by external uh, pressures for success you know as you say like you know i've got to have the nicer car because people won't respect me yeah, or... yeah. and then and then i suppose i suppose i suppose that leads on to a question that's actually on my list and it's two questions that are my ollie we, we had to get back to the list we'll at some point list. didn't we okay. um, what, what list chris <laughs> <laughs> we 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 know we've been ignoring the list for about 40 minutes but let's that's get back organic. to it now mate um but i suppose i suppose um i, I was gonna do it seamlessly ollie but i thought let's just mention the list again um i suppose one of the things is that um, perception of success in financial services and for blokes in particular do you mm. think that there's unique challenges for people working you know our field in uh, across a range of different jobs or and or for blokes 
I mean, I think the two, in, you know, the two are sort of inextricably connected, aren't they? Because to the, you know, to this day, financial services remains an industry populated largely by men. I mean, clearly there's some progress there, um, but not enough. But to the extent that it is still a very male industry, um, I think it's going to have a disproportionate, you know, challenge on its hands. Um, I mean. If I'm to view, if I'm to have the Chris Dames optimism optimism hat on there, you know, you can spin that and say, okay, we've got tons of men here. We need to make leaders out of them and to promote that conversation. And I think there's one thing that's very visible in you know male mental health behaviour is that fear of judgment, and and fear of judgment by other men. And if you can knock that down using other men, you know, that's potentially a very very healthy thing to do. Um, I think at the more severe end of things, I, I do believe that, you know, among the primary victims of male mental health is not just men, it's women. Um, you know, if England if England get beaten, so does she. Um, mm. That's not a financial services point, but in the sense that financial services is dominated by men. And to the extent that, you know, I'm quite firmly of the belief that in the sort of historical sense, you know, men have lost an empire and not quite found a role yet. And they're still having, as a species, they're having that in inward negotiation about what their purpose is in society. And that's really, really tough, particularly in the context that you mentioned at the start, you know, this sort of geographical co comparison between the UK and, say, Scandinavian countries. I mean, yeah. you know, Scandinavia has a very long and famous history of um you know colonial exploits and pillaging of the countries but you know it, it was over really by the 20th century yeah. <laughs> you know and that's not something you can say of britain so i think there's a, there's in terms of the history here and in terms of how history informs culture and understanding that is one thing that sets the uk completely apart and it's something that has really, really been a force for kind of cultural reckoning in the last two years. You know, it doesn't even need saying this absolute tension over who controls the narrative of the past and what, what the purpose of the nation is. Is patriotism okay? Blah, 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 blah. These are all questions, I think, internalized within male mental health, you know, because they're ultimately about control and they're ultimately about resources. And in a context where men are giving up control in the workplace, they're giving a voice to women, um, they're giving up control in their own lives because they're looking after their kids more. They're being more present as fathers. They're playing a much more holistic role in other people's lives as well. That's a very, very difficult transition, I think. And I probably covered a lot there in a very reductivist and quite rambling way. But that's just a sense of how I understand these things to mesh together. And I don't think I don't think there are any coincidences there, really. I think it, I think there's a there's a much bigger story there about men and history and transition and um, change and purpose that you know makes male mental health a really really significant challenge right now. And to the extent that, as I've said, men dominate financial services, it's always going to be a huge part of, of of life in financial services. Gotcha, gotcha. Aha! My time to shine. <laughs> Is it your time to shine? It's my, it's my time to shine. I, I thought the entire podcast was your time to shine. Yeah, I'm going to make you obsolete. Ready? Tis the end of another podcast. But the end is never really the end because the end is always the beginning of something entirely new. Like what? Like the artist last week questioned the podcast. Which was what? Uh, about... 
quiz shows. About what? No, quiz I'm obsolete now. Go on, you, you take over. About quiz shows? Yeah. What about quiz shows? Uh, I'll do quiz shows you bring back, but I, I can't make you obsolete <laughs> if you won't give me your stuff. Your material. Oh, oh, so you want my material now, do you? Right, I do you. want your material, right. yeah. T- t- tell us what people's favourite quiz shows they bring okay. back are then. Okay, okay, okay. Sam Chilton said, I don't know what KF is. Uh, well, so I'm not obsolete anymore, am I? Clearly you still need me. KF, my friend, is Krypton Factor. Oh. And it's a show that uh, basically involved an assault course um, observation. It tested the different human skills that you can have. Okay, you're not obsolete. You're just vintage Google. <laughs> <laughs> you could have Googled that. Google, what's KF? Um, uh, Challenge Annika would be amazing. And Challenge Annika was amazing because mm. like, they gave Annika 48 hours to build a school and she had to do it from like just getting local people to um, give their skills time and um, resources resources to get that sort of stuff done. Um, Mark Wright has commented, um, and he said his favourite is Bainty Blank, but then he's made a bit of a strange comment, and he's just said, just pop in. And I don't know what I know that's what that reference is. to. I know I've what Blankety heard, Blank is. I've, I've never heard of uh, just pop in, Mark. You have to let us know what that one was. Uh, Mark O'Halloran had an amazing fun suggestion. House. Fun house, a whole lot, lot of fun. Prizes to everyone. Um, and there was a lot of love for Fun House. Love Steve love. Dan said, run around. Uh, Julie Wedge said, Blockbusters. I don't know what that is. I just know the. the what, what? You've never heard of Blockbusters? The, the place that sold. No, not Blockbuster Video. Blockbusters the game. No. Right. It was a show where they had um, one. Uh, uh, individual against two, right? Mm. And I've never, I never worked out why they had like unequal teams. Um, and they had to, there was that hexagons that, and you had to every time you got a um, question right, you got another uh, shape, and you had to make your way across the board like a weird question related version of Connect Four. So why are we playing Trivial Pursuit and Connect Four all in one now? That, that is blockbusters, my friend. It's so so good. Um, uh, Andrew Berwick said he'd bring back the generation game. Oh, that's what that's like what me and you do here, isn't it? <laughs> well, we're, we're, well, you could argue that we're both of the younger generation. Um, that's uh, Car- no, Carol. Okay, vintage Car- Google. <laughs> vintage Google. That's going to stick. Yeah, it is. Car- Caroline Thompson said, Will of Fortune. Carol Hussey said, he, She absolutely loved the Krypton Factor. And Phil Fitzgibbons reckons Big Break or Gladiator. Now, oh, Gladiators. Gladiators is good. Gladiators is good. I love a bit of Gladiators. Um, Ian Brazier would bring back It's a Knockout. Francis Barrett said, Big Break, the snooker show, reminds me of my granddad. Um, Johnny Piper would bring back Cheggers Plays Pop. I'm, I once met Keith Chegwin. Why? Um, it was a buttons, funny enough. <laughs> and he, uh, yeah, it he, funny. he hung me um, upside down <laughs> for some bizarre reason. <laughs> I have got a photo somewhere of Keith Chegwin and me. 
What, holding you by the ankles? I don't think he, in the picture he was holding me by the ankles. I think he'd put me down at this <laughs> point, at that point. But um, Fiona Mapurko said fame. I don't know if she's looking for it or that's the I'm show. But that was a really quiz show. Nathan, and then it all went a bit pear-shaped because Nathan Fryer said Tomorrow's World, which wasn't really a quiz show. Um, <laughs> was it got, not? I don't know we, what it is. We got it back on track, though. Um, uh, Dave Falls, like... It, I tell you what it was. It was a show looking at the future and what technology would be in the future from the early eighties. Now, if you want something, now there were elements of it like predicting the internet. You know, I remember seeing the Tomorrow's World where they were talking about networks and you know communication and stuff like that. Yeah. And there was early. I mean, because because the early versions of the internet were around. You know from the 60s there were there was talk about sort of uh